بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على آله وصحبه أجمعين Dear brothers, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Continuing discussion in the case of Kitab al-Tawheed or the book of Manifism. As our brother Mithiyad Jazahullah Khair mentioned on the introduction, that tonight insha'Allah we'll discuss the second hadith in chapter 2, which is, talking, which is the hadith of Itban. And Itban bin Malik al-Ansari is one of the Sahaba of Muhammad وسلم, one of the old ones of them. And in the last years of his life, he lost his strong sight. So he cannot see much. So he requested Muhammad وسلم, to come to his house and pray in some place. So he will take this place as a prayer place for him. So Muhammad came to him and he prayed in a place for that man. And that gives us also another point regarding Salat with Jama'ah. That this man and any other man in the time of Muhammad understood clearly that his Salat al-Jama'ah to pray with the people in the masjid is not optional. It is must. It's not just if I want, I will go to the masjid. If I want, I'll pray at home. In fact, there's a lot of evidences from Quran and Sunnah telling us that Salat al-Jama'ah or pray with Jama'ah in the masjid is a must. <coughs> like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in his holy book, talking to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about praying during the war, during the battle, during fighting the enemy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Muhammad sallallahu how to make salat al-jama'ah during that time. And that's confided in Surah Al-Baqarah, a long ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining to Muhammad sallallahu how to make the salat al-jama'ah for the people who are fighting the enemy. Muhammad sallallahu will be the imam of course, part of the Sahaba who are fighting with Muhammad against the enemy will be with him. The other part will be standing in the back to save them, to watch the enemy. When Raqqa is finished, the, the people who are praying with Muhammad will complete the second Raqqa and make salam and leave. The other group will come instead of them and this group will go to, to secure or watch the enemy. The other group will come and pray with one Raqqa with Muhammad who will make salam they will continue the second rakah and make salah. Now, if this ayah is showing us that the people who are in war must do salat in jama'ah, how about people in peace like us? Yani, see these people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not excuse sahaba, the best people after the messengers. He did not excuse them to pray one each, one alone. He required them and he told them and he made it mandatory for them to pray in jama'ah even during the war. Also the hadith of the blind man and that said to be Abdullah ibn Maktoum because he was the 
famous client Sahabi. He came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the masjid and said, Ya Rasulullah, I live in a faraway house and I have no one to lead me to the masjid. And of course he is blind. Can I pray at home? So Muhammad said, yes, you can. Then when this blind man went to go out, he called him back. And he asked him a question. Do you hear Adhan? Do you hear Adhan? He said, yes. He said, come and pray with Jama'ah. I find no excuse for you. A blind man, his, masjid, his house is far away from the masjid. He has nobody to lead him to the masjid. Still, he must pray with Jama'ah. How many blind people are sitting at home now? Hearing the Adhan and they don't come for Salah. However, there's a lot of hadith about that. But I'm just brought this because this case of this Sahabi Itban Ibn Malik al-Ansari, he was blind or very weak sight in the last, his last years. So Muhammad Sallallahu allowed him to pray at home because maybe his house is far away and he cannot hear Adhan and so he gave him an excuse. Right. This hadith is telling us that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this hadith in Sahihain means in Bukhari and Muslim both. So there's no doubt about that it is a clearly sahih, correct hadith. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ حَرَّمَ النَّارَ عَلَى مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَبْتَغِي بِذَلِكَ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ Clear this hadith is telling us that the person who says لا إله إلا الله and he, when he says this, he wants to satisfy Allah. Yurid Allah, and he wants the face of Allah, but it is the meaning of its satisfaction. It is not changing the meaning by they were twisting the meaning. No. It is the case that this is the meaning of it, but Allah, Waj is here, is not the case of the face. The face in the other ayahs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a face meant by that Allah truly has a face. But in here you can understand what meant is the satisfaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not enough to say la ilaha illallah by tongue. Because we have another evidence in the same hadith that saying la ilaha illallah here is not only by a tongue but also by the heart that because he wants the satisfaction of Allah. So wanting it here from by the heart, not by the tongue. Also, the one who wants to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not say only but also practice. Otherwise he will not satisfy Allah. Do you think that Allah will accept from people to say la ilaha illallah and khalas? Even if they want his faith, they want, they want his satisfaction, and they will not pray with Jama'ah, or not pray at all, not pay zakah, not go for hajj or umrah, not fasting Ramadan. No, cannot be. Yeah, this is a big, big misunderstanding in here. If a person is want, he wants to satisfy Allah, means he will do whatever Allah told him to do. And Allah told us, as Muslims, not only to pray, pray Salah, not only to fast Ramadan, but also to make Hajj and to pay Zakah. So there's a lot of things we have to do in order to satisfy Allah. So the one who says, La ilaha illallah, without having the satisfaction of Allah in this case, he will not be accepted. So La ilaha illallah only by the tongue is enough, not enough. It is not enough at all. That's why Ahlul Jama'ah, they say that the faith or Iman it must be in three cases. Must be the heart, must be by the tongue, must be by the action. 
Not only by the heart only, no. Not only by the tongue only, no. But also by the action. So it's creeds, statements and actions. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered us to do. Which is increasing by good deeds, decreasing by bad deeds. That's the, the true meaning of the faith or iman. Some groups in Islam, they mention that iman is just to know Allah. As long as the person knows Allah, he's a mu'min. Taib shaitan, he knows Allah better than us. Is he a mu'min? Fir'aun knows Allah. As Allah told us in his book, is he a mu'min? Abu Jahl knows Allah. All the prophets in Arabs, especially at that time, they know Allah. Christians, they know Allah. Are they mu'min? Are they believers? No. So knowing is not enough. Taib. Knowing and saying. Taib, fine. He knows, he believes, and he says also by his tongue that La ilaha illallah. Allah is the only one, subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator, and Allah also, also the one, only the one who deserves to be worshipped. But he doesn't do any action. No, cannot be. Because if he is truly believes that Allah is the only one, deserves to be worshipped, he will worship him. Otherwise, how, what's the use of this? What's the, use, what's the use of saying that he believes that Allah is the only one deserves to be worshipped while he does not worship him? What's the use? No use. It's just a knowledge inside the, the heart saying by the tongue, but there's no action. Some other groups say it's enough to say, even if you don't have Iman in your heart. And these are problems, because they will put the hypocrites, munafiqeen, inside the mu'mineen. Because munafiqeen, they say it by their tongue, but they don't believe in their hearts. So they are included by this group, including the mu'mineen. And so on. You find so many groups of Muslims or people who are counted as Muslims, they will say, Iman is this and this and that. And they made mistakes in this. But Al-Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the people who follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they believe that Iman or faith is containing three cases. Must each one of them be there. Creeds, statements, and actions. And this Iman or faith is increasing by good deeds and decreasing by bad deeds. Every time you make a good deed, your Iman will go up. Every time a person makes bad deeds, his Iman will go down. If he continues doing bad deeds without uh, bad deeds, without good deeds, his iman may be lost. That's why Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tells in the hadith that a person who makes zina, while he's making zina, he is not a, is not a mu'min. A person who is stealing things, while he is stealing, he is not a mu'min. And so on. As he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, And so on. So, since it is, he is not a mu'min, what is he now? His iman is out. His iman is out of his heart now. Because he is stealing, he is do, making zina. In that special time. So iman is going up, down. Now, since it's go down, like your mobile battery. If you are using this without charging, what will happen? It goes down, 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 until it's out. So your mobile is useless. Can you make a call if your mobile battery is already off? You cannot. So, this charging means the good deed. Just to give an example, this is not true, but this is just an example. Somebody think this is, you know, mobile is a believer now, a problem. Now we mean that the mobile, just an example, you are charging the mobile, so your mobile will be working. You are using the mobile without charging for a long time, one call plus two calls, 18, 20 calls, خلاص, mobile goes, the charging is going down, خلاص, then off. Iman is here the same for a mu'min, he is charging his Iman, his heart, with more good deeds and good deeds, dhikr, yani remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, salah, sadaqah, and so on, this will make his iman goes up, up. And, of course, every one of us, 
as the Muhammad told us that no one of us will be free of bad deeds. Kullu ibn Adam, kullu, every. Kullu ibn Adam khatta. They make mistakes, they make bad deeds. Why? Why we have to make bad deeds even if we don't want? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the forgiver. Al-Ghafoor, the forgiver subhanahu wa ta'ala, means that we have to ask him for forgiveness. And no one will ask for forgiveness if he's not making mistakes. So we are making mistakes. We are making bad deeds. So we are asking him subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. But here comes the point that your iman will not stay still. Sometimes it's up, up, up. Sometimes down, down, down. If you go to Hajj, in Hajj, of course, you will do a lot of good deeds. And you are, you know, in the Bayt al-Haram, you are in Arafat, you are in Mina, you are in Muzdalifa, you are throwing the rocks, you are making Qurban, sacrificing. Ah, lots of good deeds, fantastic deeds, your Iman will go up. That's why you see a lot of people when they go to Hajj, their Iman goes up a lot. Also, they are far away from bad deeds. They don't have satellite. Okay? They don't have this, they don't have this, they don't have bad things to do, so their bad deeds are very limited, while their good deeds is high, so their, their Iman goes up. Vice versa, if they are in a bad area where there is a lot of these satellites and bad women and this and that, that ah, he must go down. And he's too busy to do a lot of good deeds like remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, zikr, like reciting Quran, like doing extra salah, rawat, ratiba, nafila, so on. He's not having the time to make fasting like Ashura or Arafah and so on. He's too busy to do these things, his iman will go down. So in this case, we know clearly that Hadith Ritban radiallahu anhu is telling us that who says la ilaha illallah, not because he is saying it by his tongue only, no, but because his heart believes in that and he is trying, trying his action in here. He is trying to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have these three now. Creed by heart, statements by tongue, and actions by the body. The tongue is part of the body, so zikr is his action. Zikr is action, but it's also a, a statement. And also by heart, because he, he, he says this by his heart. And it's, it's very limited if you can say that people will say, will make zikr without his heart is there. It happens, but usually a person is bringing his heart, bringing, you know, and his, using his tongue to say this zikr, so his iman will go up and up, you know, by this statement action. Then, this hadith, as we said, is really um, a rule in Islam. Whatever hadith comes after, about la ilaha later on, we'll come, we'll, we'll come to this hadith also, and we'll discuss it in this, yani in this site. The hadith which is mentioned by Abi Sa'id al-Khudri, in the same chapter, the third hadith in this chapter, Abi Sa'id al-Khudri, one of the Sahaba of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that Rasulullah sallallahu said that Musa, Alayhi salam, you know Musa, he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him special zikr for him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him to say la ilaha illallah. So Musa, he did not underestimate the la ilaha illallah, no. But he wants something special for him, not done by the other. That's why he said, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi, all of your slaves say this. I want something, like he's saying that I'm, I want something special for me, not for the others, but for me only. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed Musa how important is la ilaha illallah. So he said subhanahu wa ta'ala that if the seven heavens 
and whoever in the seven heavens, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll put a point in here, we'll come back to it. Okay? And seven earths. And the people who are on seven earths, or the creations in the seven earths, were put in one side of the scale. And la ilaha illallah is in the other side of the scale. La ilaha Allah will be heavier. La rajahat bihinna la ilaha illallah. La ilaha Allah is heavier than the whole seven skies, including the whole angels, the whole people who are in, the, that, in that, these heavens, all the earth, even who were created, created in this earth, in one side of the scale will be lighter than la ilaha illallah. So la ilaha illallah is the greatest word to be said by every Muslim, including the messengers. Notice that this hadith is narrated by Ibn Habban, or reported by Ibn Habban al-Hakim, and there are some other scholars who also narrated this hadith, and it's stronger by other hadith, which is the uh, words of Nuh alayhi salam telling his children that la ilaha illallah will be heavier than the seven sky, seven heavens and seven earths. So however, in this side we can say this hadith is strong from this side because it is yani, uh, mentioned by all of these scholars before. Back to the point we said, because this hadith says, Listen to the Arabic version of it. قال يا موسى لو أن السماوات السبع وعامرهن غيري. يعني يا موسى if the seven seven skies or seven heavens and whoever is in these except me. Ah, me here mentioned to Allah سبحانه وتعالى. So is Allah in disguise? No. Misunderstanding here. Here's the misunderstanding of the hadith. When you say in Arabic, السَّمَاء, the sky, what do you mean? What, of, whatever is on top of you. السَّمَاء is top, in the top. When you say, يَا Allah, where do you go? Do you say, يَا Allah? Do you say, يَا Allah? يَا Allah? يَا Allah. So you go up. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sky. He's in his arsh, in the sky. طيب. He is not in the sky because he doesn't need it. But he is in there as a direction. Not as a in. Angels need the skies, right? Angels, an, angels are in these skies. And they need these skies because they are living in there. But Allah does not. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not in everywhere. No, this is wrong. Some people say Allah is in everywhere. No. Allah himself subhanahu wa ta'ala, in top of his arsh, in top of the seventh sky. But he is everywhere by his knowledge. He is everywhere by his hearing, he can hear everything. But he is not everywhere by himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala, no. Otherwise, we will be in trouble saying that Allah will be in the bathrooms. Astaghfirullah. Which is very dangerous in this case. Could be to kufr. So Allah is not even everywhere, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the top. Who said so? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See in Surah Al-Mulk. Tabarakalladhi biyadihi al-mulk wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. The first surah in the 29th. Jews of Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَأَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ Who is he? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's a lot of eyes telling us that his orders comes down. How come his orders comes down? Because he's in the top. 
What comes down is his orders, but so, because he is at the top, he's there, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And lots of ayahs and hadiths telling God subhanahu wa ta'ala, including the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is in Sahih, when the, one of the Sahaba, he had a slave girl, and he slammed her once. He was so angry and he slammed her, then he was sorry for that, so he brought, he wanted to let her free. So he brought her to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said, Ya Rasulullah, I have done such and such to this slave girl, I want to release her, I want to free her. So Muhammad called the girl and asked her. He asked her, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where is Allah? So she said, by her finger, in the sky. Then he asked her another question, who am I? She said, you are Rasulullah. Here comes the point. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to her, the meaning of that, he told her boss or her owner, free her. She is a believer. Inna mu'mina. How come Muhammad judged or decided that girl is a mu'min or a mu'mina? Because she knew that Allah is in the sky. She knew that this is Muhammad Rasulullah. Now those people who say Allah is in everywhere have to really reread these ayahs and hadith of Muhammad to change their minds. So in this hadith we say, if the whole seven skies and whoever is there except me, because Allah is not rounded or surrounded by these skies. No, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again to remember the hadith, which is really, every moment should really think of it. Because it's really giving you or giving us how great is Allah. The hadith of Muhammad sallallahu which is sahih also, by so many ways of the chain, that Muhammad sallallahu said, مَالسَّمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعِ وَلَرَضُونَ السَّبْعِ في الكرسي إلا كحلقة ألقيت بأرض فلا. محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم قال that the whole seven skies and whole seven earths comparing to the chair كرسي if we can يعني uh, translate it this way كرسي in Arabic means chair آية الكرسي you know آية الكرسي in سورة البقرة these skies seven skies are these earths all universe comparing to the كرسي is like as a round metal piece thrown in a desert. Subhanallah, all this universe, all this universe, like a round piece of metal thrown in a desert? Yes, that's what Muhammad told us. And listen to the ayah itself, ayatul kursi. Wasi'a kursiyuhu samawati wal ard. Yani the course is containing Samawat also. So Samawat now, it is just what we have now, this earth, Saudi Arabia, and the areas beside? No, the seven earths, plus the skies. Now you, you know that the people start to discover how wide is this universe. Compare yourself to the earth itself. Almost nothing. Compare earth to the solar system, our solar system. Almost nothing. Compare our solar system to our galaxy, Milky Way or whatever you call it. Almost nothing. Compare our Milky Way to the whole universe. Almost nothing. So we are almost nothing and almost nothing and almost nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that all of these you are talking about is part or small piece in the case of Kursi of Allah. And Kursi 
two arsh is the same. Al-Kursi to the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the same. We can't, we can't go anymore. Our mind stopped in here. When you go into mathematical numbers and calculations, sometimes you can't go anymore. Now we cannot go anymore. We are saying that the whole universe now is only like a round piece of metal thrown in the desert. Yes. That's compared to the Kursi. Al-Kursi himself, or itself, same as this case. Another piece of metal thrown into the desert. Comparing to the Arsh of Ar-Rahman subhanahu wa ta'ala. How great is he subhanahu wa ta'ala? Cannot say. Cannot say. So we cannot say that this hadith is saying that Allah is inside this guy. No, this is wrong understanding. The last hadith is chapter. Tirmidhi, rahimahullah, one of the uh, six Ahl Sunan who, who made books on Sunnah, Al-Bukhari, Muslim, Al-Nasai, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, Abu Dawood. Six famous Ahl Sunan who made books in Hadith, he mentioned that Anas, the, the servant of Muhammad, وسلم, said that he heard Muhammad وسلم, said, Allah Ta'ala, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said, Ya ibn Adam, law ataytani bi qurab al ardi khataya, thumma laqeetani la tushrik bi shay'an, la ataytuka bi qurabiha maghfira. First of all, we have to be careful here. Allah said, is this Quran? No. Is this Hadith? No. So what is this? This, we are talking about Hadith in here. Is this a Hadith? It is a Hadith, but it's a, hadith, a special Hadith called Hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi means what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what Muhammad sallallahu mentions that Allah said and he gave us this Hadith. Is it from Allah? Yani we know Quran is from Allah, meanings and words. Okay? Hadith is from Allah meanings, but the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Like what about the Hadith Qudsi? It is the same as Hadith, but it is higher than Hadith in the case of chain. But could be also weak, could be light, could be also correct. So it's not Quran. No. That's why we are not using this or not, we are not reciting this Hadith in Salah as a, as a Surah. We are not, yani, uh, using, we are not saying this is Quran. We cannot include it to Quran. But Allah, Muhammad Sallallahu told us Allah said, so we take it as Hadith that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala whispered to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This Hadith, Allah is telling us, calling us, Ya, ya, ya Ibn Adam, and yani, O oh, son of Adam. Each one of us is son of Adam. Say, what about women? What about women? Included. Because if Allah is calling one side of the human beings, He means the other side. Ya Ayyuhannas, Ya Ayyuhalladina Amanu. Including women also. The same thing. That's what we mentioned and known by Sahaba and Tabi'een and so others. He said, Ibn Adam, if you, the meaning of it, if you come, or you come to me, with almost full of earth, of bad deeds or sins, what will happen? You will throw him to Jahannam? No. He will, Allah will bring you, or he will get you, or meet you, with almost full of earth of forgiveness. La ilaha illallah. Have you seen any, any generous person like this, subhanahu wa ta'ala? No way. Here comes the point. What sins are we talking about? Ah, 
Some people, they may, may misunderstand this case and say, okay, drinking alcohol and zina, and these are sins. Even shirk is a sin. Yes, polytheism is a sin. Ah, no, this is not the case here. We know upon the other hadith, upon the understanding of, of, of the Sahaba and the others, and the scholars of Islam, that what the sins they mean in here is the sins which is not going to up to the level of major sins or polytheism. Any other sins is made by human being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more generous to raise them and give you forgiveness for that. But we know also that the major sins, drinking alcohol, drugs, zina, this, that, stealing, and so on, rishwa, these are not forgiven, are not going to be forgiven by salah to salah, not forgiven by jumu'ah to jumu'ah, not forgiven by istighfar, no. It needs a repentance. It needs tawbah. If a person dies without the tawbah, then he is in the judgment day in danger. Allah may send him to Jahannam and may forgive him in the first place. But for the other sins, Allah guaranteed for us that he will forgive us. That's subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is the most generous. Wa ta'ala. But he made a condition in here for forgiveness. What is that condition? No polytheism. No polytheism. Shirk or polytheism in here is not accepted. You will find this in the ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his holy book. إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةَ وَمَأْوَاهُ النَّارِ The other ayah for forgiveness. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ So how can we combine this and this? Clear with the hadith. Allah will not forgive any person who dies with polytheism. And he will be in Jahannam, and Jannah will be forbidden for him. So if this is a sin, no, this is a special sin. This is another case. And that this hadith itself, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala told us in this hadith that you and you meet me without polytheism. You are not associating someone with me in any kind of worship. Then forgiveness is there. Otherwise, no. The ayah is clear. Inna Allaha. لا يغفر أي شرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء. Whatever less than shirk, Allah may forgive to whom He wants. But the case in here, we're talking about these sins. That's why we say sins actually major shirk, minor shirk. Then comes down the major sins, then the minor sins. What's called in the holy book al-lamam. يعني one look to a woman that is not allowed for you to, to look. Uh, maybe you heard some bad things said once, you don't like it, and so on. These are called lemon, small sins. These Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive and will bring you full of earth of forgiveness in the judgment day. But the case of polytheism, no way. Why? Because polytheism in here is the most dangerous, the greatest sin ever a human being could do. إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ As Luqman told his son, يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ ظُلْم may, يعني great ظلم, great ظلم that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept, will not forgive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put the person who dies with polytheism into Jahannam, نعوذ بالله, directly, settled, thwarted, forever, خلاص. In this case, a Muslim really have to be careful. 
clearly because shirk itself is completely opposite and contradicting la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah and shirk is vice versa. If la ilaha illallah is one side, shirk is the other side. No one can combine them together, no way. Like you cannot combine dunya and akhirah. To go to akhirah, you have to leave dunya. Can anybody combine dunya and akhirah? No way. And he will never go to akhirah unless he dies. He leaves the dunya. So it's the same thing. You cannot, nobody can combine shirk and la ilaha illallah. No way. Because la ilaha illallah means no shirk. Shirk means no la ilaha illallah. Khalas. So in this case, we have to be careful that tawheed is a must. And surpluses of tawheed show us clearly that saying la ilaha illallah means a tawheed, means no polytheism to be allowed. Even if there's minor shirk, minor sins, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive. As long as the person is asking forgiveness and making salah and so on. As Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, salah to salah Allah forgives. It will make, will erase the sins. Jumu'ah to Jumu'ah will erase the sins. يعني رمضان تو رمضان وسوءان سو رئيس سنس these sins are erased easily by other worshippings by استغفار by these things by توبة and other things but major sins no شرك no way unless توبة is there so this حديث also is giving us a clear clear evidence that a مؤمن a Muslim has to be so careful about the case of شرك or polyhedism we have discussed this before that we Muslims now, in, in our reality, we see a lot of Muslims, unfortunately, or said to be Muslims, are really paying or giving what Allah only deserves to the grace to the others who are not really supposed to be given this. Dua. Dua is before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. Dua is the worshipping. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in his holy book, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي So he called dua ibadah. The end of the ayah is showing the first of the ayah, it's clearing the first of the ayah. That ibadah or dua in here is part of ibadah or this is the ibadah. So those people who go to these graves and ask them instead of Allah, or they ask them anywhere, Ya Ali, Ya Hussein. Instead of saying Ya Allah, they say Ya Ali, Ya Hussein. This is part of this. This is Especially when they are in, in troubles, they don't call Allah. They call Ya Ali, Ya Hussein. That's clear politics. That's in the side of worshipping. Even in the side of rububiyyah or lordship, some of them they believe that some of the Ahlul Bayt, Ali ibn Abi Talib and his 11 descending sons, they know the ghayb or the unseen world. While Allah clearly subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in his holy book, قُلْ لَا يَعْلَمُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ الْغَيْبَةِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Except Allah. No one knows. What about Muhammad and the other messengers? They don't know the ghayb unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them. And that happened once when Muhammad was traveling with his sahaba and they relaxed in one valley and Muhammad left his camel to go for grass or food. Then the camel did not come back. With the other camels came back, but his, the camel of Muhammad did not come back. So, Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, your camel did not come back. Where is it? He said, I don't know. So, hypocrites who were traveling with Muhammad said, see, he says he's a prophet and he doesn't know where is his camel. And trying just to, to make 
يعني problems among Muslims in their in their faith. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent Jibril to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and told him that you're coming in such and such place. He was hanged by his robe into a tree. He was eating and the robe stuck to the tree and he couldn't come back with the other camels. So Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, "Yes, I do not know the ghayb unless what Allah told me." And he told me that the camel is in such and such place in such and such tree. Uh, caught, caught by his, uh, you know, uh, rope, bring him back. So Muhammad Sallallahu he himself admits clearly that he doesn't know the right. Some people say, no, 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 if you say this, that means you are not respecting Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. No, I love Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we love Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we respect Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but we do not worship Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ah, he himself Sallallahu Alaihi told us clearly not to exaggerate on him, not to overestimate him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, not to overpraise him. As he said in the hadith of Bukhari, don't you, don't you overpraise me as the Christians overpraised Isa ibn Maryam. Don't. They say, no, no, we will. But he is telling you, don't. They say, no, no, we will. Subhanallah. Is this respecting Muhammad to disobey him? Is this respecting or loving Muhammad And what comes to say, do what Muhammad told you to do? Oh, bad I'm busy now. Is that the love of Muhammad لا إله إلا الله محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم is telling us to come and pray with جماعة لا لا يا شيخ no need يا شيخ بعدين يا حبيبي pray pray الفجر in time in جماعة no 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 when I wake up for work I will do صلاة جماعة صلاة الفجر طيب يا حبيبي you have already moved it from the time that محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم told you that this is the the dead head or the end of the time end of the time of صلاة الفجر when the sun rises that means خلاص time is finished if the person is really leaving Salat al-Fajr until the sun rises without any excuse. He could be a kafir. Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa said in the hadith, clear hadith, Al-ahdu alladhi baynana wa baynahumu salah, faman tarakaha faqad kafar. And this person has tarakaha, he did, he lifted. He lifted and the time is gone, خلاص. But if he has an excuse, like he's, he has put his يعني alarm clock and he told his wife or his children or somebody to wake him up but he couldn't he's tired and his, his sleeping is very heavy and he woke up only at 7.30 and he made salah we say may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive him but he is intentionally before he sleeps he puts the, clock, the alarm clock at 7 o'clock so to wake up to work and he, he is intentionally sleeping even the time of salat al-fajr he doesn't care that means he's in danger of kuf because he's disobeying Muhammad Sallallahu clearly Oh, a lot of people do not like that. This is extremist. This is too much. Don't say this. Don't make people run away from Islam. No, Habibi. It is the case of Muhammad Hassan told us this. We did not bring this from our own mind. This is not done by human beings. That's done by Muhammad Hassan who was whispered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-ahdu alladhi baynana wa baynahum as-salah faman tarakaha baqad kabar. Inna as-salata kanat ala al-mu'mineen kitaban mawquta. إيش معنى موقوت؟ يعني with a time, in a time, وقت certain time Allah did not let Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم do it by himself He sent Jibreel twice Once he needed Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم He led Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم in salah in the first of the time of every salah He prayed with him at al-dhuhr as soon as the sun moved to the west He prayed with him al-asr exactly when the first time of the asr came He prayed with him al-maghrib as soon as the salat as the sun down he prayed with him Salat al-Isha as soon as the, 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 the stars came up and so on. Same thing for Al-Fajr, he prayed before the sunrise. And again he came again another time by the order of Allah, Jibreel came again to Muhammad and he prayed with him in the last 
time of each of the salah. At Zuhr, when the sun goes a little bit there, until the, the shadow of the person is the same as his height. Yeah, your height is two meters? Nobody two meters. Two meters, okay. Height, your height is two meters, 180 centimeters, your shadow will be 180 centimeters. That's the last minute of the Salat al And so on. So this is the case, it is not by Muhammad Sallallahu himself, although he is allowed to make Sharia. But it is by Allah wa Ta'ala, he gave us the time. Someone comes and says, no, no, I'll pray Al-Fajr after the sun rises, then he is really disobeying Allah and disobeying Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Unless, as we said, unless, as we said, that he is having an excuse. Yani, a person who is sick, a person who is, uh, yani, uh, he did his best to wake up for Al-Fajr, but he couldn't, then we say, inshallah, Allah forgive him, if he tries not to do it again. Some people say, he puts his mobile beside him, yani, as soon as the mobile goes on, off, yani, complete sleeping until the time of, la, uh, habib. We have to do our best. If, 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 my, if, if I am a happy sleeper, then I will put one arm here and one arm far, far away. So if I close this one, the other one will not be closed unless I wake up and go and move. Then I will not Alhamdulillah. Sleeping will go. That means this person is having Iman. He wants to wake up. He wants to go for Salah. But if he's just making an excuse, Yalla, the mobile is closed. When it's ringing, turn off and sleep. No, that's not the way. But if he, if he supposed, tried and he did his best and he slipped still, he couldn't wake up. There are going on. Some people are there sleeping, subhanAllah, yani, like dead people. If you bring uh, yani, a bump there, he doesn't wake up. So, may say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives him. We hope that Allah subhanahu wa forgives him. So if that's really the case, we can't, this will close the chapter, the second chapter, inshallah. Next week we'll start the third chapter, hopefully. For the um, important issue of the chapter, you can read it at home. And if you have any questions on it, I'll be happy to hear from you. Jazakum uh, khair. And if you have any questions now, I'll be happy to hear from you. Alhamdulillah. No questions there. Is that one? I'll see you, inshallah, next week. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the hadith, he is telling us that to know the size of the kursi of Allah. Okay, kursi, upon the words of Ibn Abbas, عنهم, he said the kursi is the place for the feet of Allah. Be careful. That's said by who? Ibn Abbas, not me. Nobody says, ah, you are now meeting Allah. Like, no. He said, this is the place, the kursi is the place for the feet of, Muhammad, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's said by Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhum, Abdullah ibn Abbas, the cousin of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This kursi, to know the size of it, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave us an example by saying, this earth, this heavens, these seven skies, and the seven earths, all of these comparing to the kursi of Allah is like piece of metal, thrown into a wide desert. You know Arab al-Khari, the, the uh, empty quarter of Saudi Arabia? It's uh, south-east of Saudi Arabia. Yani between Oman, Saudi Arabia, and Emirates. There's an area almost fourth of Saudi Arabia is empty, sand. Area of sand. It's fourth of Saudi Arabia. Called Rub'a, meaning fourth. Arab al-Khari. So if you throw this much of metal piece into that area, how much is to it? 
Almost So this whole universe comparing to al kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is almost nothing. And the kursi itself to al-arsh also is almost nothing. The same way. Another metal, a round metal thrown into this white desert. How about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allahu Akbar. Nobody can really think of it. Jazakallah khair. Uh, brother, he said that he has extra copies of the book.